Hi, I'm Pastor Dallas Billington, Senior Pastor here at City Church, and we want to welcome you today to our services. We hope that no matter what you're facing in life, that through the message today, through God's Word, He will truly encourage your heart. Well, we're uh, here to start a new year off, huh? But uh, who would have thought that what we'd have gone through the last year, all of you heard so many different comments I did in the last week. Glad last year's over with, you know. But we also don't want to wash our life away. And we want to put our life in, in the hands of someone who sees and knows the future. There's no way anybody could have ever predicted what was going to take place last year. And uh, now we're in this new year and everybody's kind of looking like hopefully things are going to come together for everybody. And and there's kind of like a, just a, a new thought, a new feeling. But, but we don't know. And so I started thinking about the message and how that Jesus knows everything. He knows the future. He knows our future. And he, in, because of that, he's going to prepare you to finish well. Not just now, but in life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today. Lord, again, we had no idea what was going to take place last year, but Father, for all those that are watching live, all those that are here, that will listen to the message later, Father, just use your word in a way that speaks to each and every one of us for what all we're going to face this year, all of us personally, in our families, at work, whatever it may be, that Jesus, you know our future, and Father, we thank you that, that we trust in you today as we look to your word and how that you prepare us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to look to, to uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. You know, when it comes to Jesus knowing the future, we can say that. The Bible tells us in the book of Revelation that reveals everything about the future and the end times that he is the beginning he tells us that about himself. He's the beginning and he's the end. And that he knows all things. And as a believer, if we look to him, I don't know what you're going to face this year. But I know you're going to run a race in such a way that if we're willing to look to him, he can give us the peace and the joy and take the fear out of whatever you see right now in front of you. Let's, let's look at Hebrews chapter 12. In verse 1, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great of a cloud of witnesses. Now, this is important. I want to t stop just a minute for here and think about this. What are those cloud of witnesses? There's always been two thoughts in theological circles what that means. It means either everybody that you love and in he that's in heaven is looking over and watching everything you're doing, okay? I, I don't know about that. You know, some preachers used to preach on that and so forth, but I, I don't know about that. I, I think what it's telling us that we're surrounded by so many believers in Christ that have come before us, okay, that, that we know that, that are behind us that has that is, filled us in such a way that have set the groundwork that we can take that what is going to prepare us that step of faith into the unknown and we know because of what they've been through and Hebrews chapter 12 is called the chapter of faith in the Bible so knowing that gives us those examples and that's why I believe it's talking about those witnesses those cloud of witnesses all those people have come before us that, that we look at their life 
whether it's our mom and dads or whether it's someone that we love that brought us to Jesus or in the Bible, we look to them and we say, this is how we can prepare to win the race. That through them, that cloud of witnesses. So it continues and it says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You know, I could easily talk about, we could all talk about sin. We all know what that is. And we talk about here a lot and we can go in depth with that. But we talk about it enough here that I want you to look at the weight today more than the sin. Why is that? Because we know what sin is. We define it. We talk about it. And we know where we need to work on it in our life and where we need to confess it and so forth. But what about that weight? What's that weight? It says that, that if we're going to run in such a way and, and to be successful and take that step of faith in whatever you faced last year that you're going into this year with, and we take a step of faith what all that's happening, what, what, do we, what do we learn from? What is a weight? A weight that's something, it's kind of like this. You ever pull in, you know, You've said to yourself, I don't know how many times you're going to pull into that garage that you're going to clean that garage out. Or that you don't even want to go in your basement anymore because there's so much stuff in there. Couldn't even find all your Christmas things because it's so many boxes down there. And uh, so it's like a wait. It's It's like our phones, right? I've got probably on my I've got like 6,000 emails on my phone. And you know what? You know, how, you know when that was built up from? Eight weeks. Eight weeks ago, it was completely wiped out. And you know, you know how you feel when, when you clean your basement or you clean your garage or you wipe your phone clean? It's like, man, I, I, you know, you, there's a weight lifted off. That's what it's talking about. There's a weight that all of us have that maybe, you, I don't know what it is. Maybe you spent too much time on Facebook. I have no idea. But there's a weight in our life. God says, you know what? What are you doing that for? What are you doing it for? I remember I, I ran into somebody, I ran into a couple uh, that I don't even remember talking to them. They were a young married couple at the time. This is like 25 years ago. Well, I ran into them, I think, like two years ago. And uh, I don't even remember why they came to talk to me at the time, and they were reminding me. And he, at the time, they were young married couple. That's going back again 25 years, and they had a couple of little kids at the time. And, and so they were arguing about how much that he was hunting, okay? He was hunting too much. Is there anything wrong with hunting? No. Is there anything wrong with going out golfing? No. It's to when we become obsessed with everything that goes around it, and we've got to be under a a tree stand looking for a deer uh, every other day that we get off. That's not good. That's a weight. And you're going to get in trouble with your wife because of that. Well, so we were talking about this, and he said, Dallas, you remember remember what you told me? I said, no, I don't remember at all. And he said, he said, before, I said, I said this to him, before you know it, your kids are going to be grown like that. And you're going to be able to hunt all you want to. And, and now they're all grown and, he, you know, he can hunt as much as he wants to. But what I'm telling you, there are certain things in our life that we don't even look at that we should. And as we look to this new year, and we're going to run this race, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Look at some things in your life 
when you take that step of faith, whatever the decision is, is there something that I do that is just, it's just kind of filling time, wasting time. That's what a weight is. It's not really anything right or wrong. It's just a weight in our life. If we looked at a weight in our life like we do sin, we could really be much more successful and have much more joy, what we're going to talk about in just a minute. Well, God's word continues to go on and he says, looking into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So what I want you to know and how you're prepared for the, for the future this year, you can't see it. You don't know what's going to happen. Again, we had no idea what was going to happen this time last year. We have no idea what's going to happen. But God prepares you in your spirit. I want you to get this. God is spirit, and he speaks to us in spirit. And spirit, it says actually in spirit and in truth. Everything that he's going to tell you this year is true. Everything. And if we're willing to to listen and to heed that, the Lord says there'll be an outcome of joy. Now, as we look at this, it says, looking at Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The Bible tells us in that verse before us that we're running this race with endurance. I don't know what it is you're going to face, but I know that if we're willing to have the faith this year, God's going to get us through. Now, here's how I look at I, I look at this. I, it's really not here in the Bible, but I believe this, and, and I want you to get this, that, that when it says running a race, I like to look at it in, in like a year, in a year timeline because things happen in a certain years that, that didn't happen and maybe will never happen again. I'll give you an example. Last year, you lost your job. Hopefully this year you're, you're going to get a job, whatever, whatever that is. You're going to have faith that God's going to supply that. Maybe last year something bad happened and you don't know why that has taken place, but you're hoping and you're going to have the faith that this year all that is going to change. Maybe you're watching and, you're, and someone that you love passed away and you're going to have to walk in a different way in new challenges this year. I, I don't know what it is. But I know that if we can look at it in such a way that, that, that every year we're going to run a different race. And as we do, you're going to, we're going to have the faith, if we're willing to, and we're going to win. Now, let me give you an example. In 19, uh, 1954, there was a guy's name. who's was called Roger Bannister. Now, some of you, many of you don't even know who this guy is. Few of you do. Roger Bannister broke a record in track that no one else has, had, had ever done. It had been written about. It had been talked about for, for years and years and years before this. And everyone said it couldn't be done. What did he do? He broke the four-minute mile. No one said, everyone said you could never, ever, when you're running this race and all the track meets and back then, uh, years ago, track was, was like at the forefront of sports. A lot of sports have overtaken that now, but in, I believe he was from England. You, no one would ever break to run one mile 
in under four minutes. It will never, ever, ever happen. And so he would run. There would be the track meets and all the things that would happen in, in the early 50s. And, and finally, one year at a track meet, all the papers talked about this lone wolf. This guy will never do it. He says he's going to be able to do it someday and so on and so forth at the age of 25. Track meet one year, some type of world track meet where it was timed. And sure enough, he ran, I think it was 359.4. I think it might have somewhere around. 359.4. He broke the first one ever. No one could ever do it. It's not going to happen. But he so believed that he could do it that, that he was prepared for it and all that he did. That's all he focused on. No matter what anybody said, he believed it could happen. Do you know since, listen to this, do you know since 1954, since he, he did what no one else could do and everybody else said it couldn't happen? Since 1954, that no one could ever do it? Over 500 people have broke the four-minute mile. Now, that race, what's interesting is your race is different than the person sitting next to you. No matter how close you are to that person, your race is different. And you're looking at something and you're, the devil is telling you it's never going to be the same. It's never going to work out. And it's always going to be more difficult. And you're always going to have to face this and so on and so on and so on. God prepares us to finish well by one thing. It's our faith. Are we willing to trust him as we start this new year? No matter what it looks like to you, no matter what we've been through, as we start a new year and we know we can finish well through him because Jesus knows everything and he wants to give us and give us that endurance, which is what? In many ways, it's joy. We're going to look at another verse that involves something just a minute. But Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. He's standing before Pilate, and Pilate says, you know, you've performed all these miracles. You've risen people, people have rose from dead. You've been there. You've done that. I mean, anything that could ever imagine, you, you have been able to do for people, not only that, but how you speak and the crowds that come behind you. I mean, anyone would be willing to fight for you as part of your kingdom right now. And Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it was, my servants would fight. He endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. He was looking to heaven for us that you and I would be there someday and have the joy that right now, no matter what we face in this new year, that we're going to have hope and joy because of what Jesus did during the cross. Now, what does he tell us to do about that cross, about what he did for us? We have to have the faith. We accept him in our heart to be our Lord and Savior. The Bible says to pick up your cross and follow him. Now, we so get confused on what that is. If we're going to run this race and we're going to go down the road and we're going to pick up this cross and we're going to follow him, it's not, it's not this, and this is what so many people think it is. It's not the guy that you're married to that you're going to have to carry that cross that you bear the rest of the days of your marriage. That's not what it is. 
So many people think it's like, no, man, I just married this person. This is the cross that I bear. And that's what they, how many times I hear that? That's not what it is. All right? That's not what it is. What, what is the cross that we bear? What was the cross? When someone, when a criminal was going to, to carry his own cross to die on, what was it all about? Death. That's what the cross was all about. That's what Jesus did. He led a perfect life. His perfect blood was shed on the cross for all of our sins. Because of that, we have hope even going into this new year. Now, by faith, what do we do? By faith, that we ask Jesus into our heart that he died on the cross for our sins. And from that, what is that cross that we pick up that's going to give you the faith this year, that faith that's going to give you endurance and give you joy? That you and I are willing to die to ourselves. We're willing to die to ourselves. Whatever that means. What, whatever it is that you are willing to be a forgiver. You're willing to, to do what Jesus says. You're willing to take whatever comes before you and die to yourself and let your spirit take over. When that happens, you have this unbelievable authority and strength you can't get any other way. That's the faith step. That's the faith step that you and I have. When we drop that weight, when we drop that sin, and we run that race, and when we get in this race this year that we're going to face something we've never faced before, whatever it is you're going through right now, and you've taken into this new year, and you're going to face things you cannot know that you're going to face. How can we face them, as Jesus says, with joy? The joy that's set before us as we run this race. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. That's it. We just look to him. Looking to Jesus. It's always a faith step. That's how we make it through this year. It's a faith step. No one else has ever done it. That's what the devil tells you and I. You're not going to be able to do it. It's not going to happen. It's never going to change. And he gets us to doubt and more than anything else to stop us from taking that step of faith into whatever it is that you know that God wants you to do or how he's going to give you that joy and peace with what you're going through because it's difficult maybe what you're going through right now. But he's going to give you that joy and peace to face this new year as you run this race because of the faith you're here, you're listening, you're willing to believe that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look to his word and take this step of faith because he's promised me here that he's going to give me the promises of his word if I believe him. That's that step of faith. What is the only thing we're going to close it with? What's the only thing that stops us? It's just one thing. And let's look at that as we close today. I want you to look at 1 John. 1 John in chapter 4. This is the only thing that stops you and I from going forward and having that step of faith and having that joy in our life. This is what, this is what we got to be careful of. It gives us what we need. God shows us what we need in these verses, and he shows us what stops us. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 17 through 19. Love has been perfected among us in this, 
that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, this is us, as he is, as Christ is, Christ is, so are we in this world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Remember that. So here it is. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. What is that trial that you faced last year? Whatever it is, it grabs you and it stops you from going forward. You think about it, it captivates your mind, and whatever it is, you feel like not only things aren't going to be the same, but you're never going to have that joy that you used to have. Now, that's the devil. I want you to know the devil speaks to us in fear. But know that through Jesus Christ, we have authority. Always remember that. You and I always have authority over the devil. That when we take a step of faith, we won't fear. That faith that is so in every aspect of our life. Now, let's finish. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. I'm going to read verse 19 as I close in just a minute. But let me just say this. Love has been perfected among us in this. Now, the verse says in original language, it means complete. It means complete in such a way that it continues. There's a completeness with the love that God gives us that's shown us through the cross that as we look to him, we have a completeness that we know that we are so loved, we can make the next decision of faith. Let me say that again. That we know that we are so loved in his complete love that continues as a believer. The catalyst of that, though, is our faith. Always know that God loves you no matter where you're at. When we take that step of faith, we're pleasing him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is going to bless your faith because you're trusting him. And he knows because of that, you love him. And when you love, he, he loves us already because in verse 19 it says, we love him because he first loved us. This is what I want you to get today as we close. Grace. Now, as we look at the sin in our life, which we began with today, or a weight or sin, you're saying, oh, man, you know, this and that and all the different things. And, and I don't know, you know, what I've done in my life and all the things that have happened that, uh, man, I don't know if the Lord, I, I don't know how he can work through this. That's the devil tormenting you with fear. He's, he's intimidating you that God can't use you because of your past. And what I'm here to remind you today is that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. What he's telling us today is this. That's what the cross is all about, to know that we are imperfect. But his perfect love comes into our life, and we know that because of that perfect love, we have confidence whatever problems that we're facing we don't fear because we know that Jesus still loves us. He's got a plan. There's a future, the Bible says, and a hope. 
God has a plan for your life. What he wants you to be as we close with today is this. Twelve leaders went into the promised land in the Old Testament. Twelve. And the leader that day said, Moses said, I want you to go in and spy out the land that God has given us. They go in, all 12 of them. They go in for quite a few days. They spy the land out, and sure enough, they come back and they give a report. It is so true. It is unbelievable. We've never seen homes like that. We've never seen villages like that. We've never seen food or grapes or animals. Nothing we've never seen. Like, what a land that God has made and given us. But, but, 10 out of the 12 said that, you know what, I, we can't do this. Even though it's, wait a minute. Didn't God say that he had promised them that land? By faith, God has promised you a joyful life. And the only th reason why that we're not going to have it is because we're intimidated and a devil comes at us in our mind and reminds us of all the things or makes us doubt of the future. Oh, we got to know that we live by God's love and we live by his grace. And the catalyst of that is that we take a step of faith. Well, two of those 12 spies were young people, Joshua and Caleb. And they said, you know, Moses and all the people that are here, I, I know that there, we know there's giants in it, but didn't God say that he has given us this? If God says it, it's going to happen. Now, I want you to know today, whatever it is that you're looking to for your future, if you are willing to believe by faith, I want you to know that you're going to have joy. Don't, don't miss this. You're going to have joy in the process because we always want to get there. And, but the Bible tells us we are perfected. You know, I, you know, we have a problem with this verse in James. It says, count on all the joy. You know, I don't know any, it's not quoted very much in, 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 in the pulpits. Why? Count on the joy when you fall into all those trials that you're going to face this year. Just jump up and down because you're having a rough time. It's great, isn't it? Okay. Now, wait a minute. We know that that's, that's difficult to take, but God says, I'm doing something in the process. I'm perfecting you. I want you to learn to be content where you are. I don't want you to wish your life away. I want you to know that along the journey that there is joy as long as you take that step of faith. Well, the two spies said, we can do this. We can do this because God said that we can do it. We can take this and we know that we have a future and that we have a hope and we can finish well. Don't be consumed with what happened last year or what's going on in your family or whatever. Give it all. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. No one can, no one's ever done it before. No one's ever broke that Four minute, no, no, nobody's ever done it, but someone believed that they could do it. I want you to believe God today as the two spies. And you know, they believed him so much after they wandered 40 years because the other 12 were killed off, and all the people that were older above the age of Joshua and Caleb, 
didn't enter the promised land because they didn't believe. What are we going to miss? What are we in our life where we wouldn't or couldn't maybe finish well? Because all of one thing, we're not willing to believe. We're willing to trust the God of this universe, the Savior of our soul, that he's got something great for you and for me this year. And you have a future, and you're going to finish well, and you have a hope. After 40 years of wandering in the desert, Joshua and Caleb were now older men. And you know what Caleb said? He said, Moses, you remember 40 years ago, and Moses was getting ready to die off, but he said, Moses, you remember 40 years ago. You remember the land that you gave me? He said, I still want that land. The land, this is what he said, the land that is filled with giants. He's 40 years older now, and he says, I want the land that was promised to me, the land that still has giants in it. Why? Because all those things that we face in this life, we don't understand it, but it keeps us close to Jesus if we're willing not to fear and get bitter, whatever it is that you're going through. And by faith, we're willing to say, Lord, I don't get this. I don't understand it, but I'm going to finish in such a way. I'm going to so believe you. Over, It's never been done before. But I'm going to trust you the way the cloud of witnesses did in the Bible and the way my forefathers and my mom and my dad and all those I'm going to look back and know if you did it for them, you're going to do it for me. And that's who Jesus is. If we're willing to take a step of faith today, you and I will finish well because Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Turn whatever it is by faith to him. And know whatever you see that's impossible, watch by faith what God's going to do this year. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. Lord, we ask you, Lord, to know that you've already honored your word. We just have to, we just have to honor you and trust and believe in you. And whether someone is watching today or or whether they're here today or they watch later, Lord, let them know that, Jesus, it's a trust factor with you. And, Lord, we love you because you first loved us and you endured the cross for the joy that was set before us. Father, if there's someone here or someone watching, may they know right now that they can pray, Jesus, because you tell us, Lord, whoever call upon your name will be saved by faith. Father, if there's someone here today that needs to accept you, may they come forward. Father, if there's someone watching right now and they're having a difficulty, how in the world will you get them out of this situation? Lord, let them know that it is the first faith step that they will ever take by accepting you by faith into their heart. And they're praying, Jesus, forgive me, a sinner. I believe you died on the cross and shed your perfect blood for all of my sins. And I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. Father, we close today with this invitation as we start a new year. 
there's somebody here that doesn't know you, may they accept you as Ben leads us this morning in this closing invitation song. We invite those to accept you this day and know that they have a future and a hope in you. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has spoke to you today through his word. You, no matter what you go through, no matter what you face in life, I want you to know that through the one, Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross of Calvary, he shed his perfect blood for you and for me. And if you pray right now and ask Jesus into your heart, the message that you heard today, why God is speaking to you, I want you to know that you can have hope. And all you have to do is pray with me right now. Don't try and figure it out. The Lord says, by faith, we accept Jesus as our Savior, and you'll have hope for eternity. You say, Dallas, will you help me? What do I have to do? Well, let me share with you a verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you're willing to believe that God sent his Son to die on a cross for you, just pray this prayer with me right now. And you can have heaven as your home. Jesus will forgive you for anything you've done in this life. And you can have hope from this day forward. Pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me a sinner. I believe that you're God's son. And you came and lived a perfect life. And you died on the cross and you shed your perfect blood for all of my sin. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. In Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, we want to hear from you. Contact us through our website, City Church AC, or you can get at our church app through any of the um, streaming services, and we want you to know that we'll contact you. And from this day forward, no matter what you face, you'll always have hope, knowing that Jesus is your Savior, and he'll come through in your life. Thank you for being with us today.